Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, March 4th. S&P futures and NASDAQ futures are both off about 50 basis points. So that's about 20 points for the S&P. It's about 60 points for the NASDAQ. Europe's major indices are trading down a similar amount, um, lagging a tiny bit. So Europe's major indices are off about 70 to 85 basis points. You're seeing steep underperformance in basic resources. The SXPP index is down about 4%. Those are the major global mining stocks. I would not read too much into that other than this is a sign of investors just degrossing, de-risking, uh, booking profits. Remember, mining stocks have been huge outperformers year to date. Despite the 4% pullback today, that index is still up about 15% year to date um, among the, the top performing sectors on the planet. Um, so that is a sign of, like I said, I think investors are just de-risking in this environment. Tech is also getting hit very hard in Europe following the US yesterday. So the tech index in Europe is off about 2.5%. You're seeing outperformance in Europe in some of the safer haven groups, so utilities, telecom, real estate, and staples. Asia traded lower across the board, um, steep losses in Hong Kong, mainland China. Um, so there's really no incremental news to talk about since the U.S. closed yesterday. Um, and again, this is really not a kind of headline-driven sell-off that we're seeing. A lot of this is just, again, normalization yields, and that is causing some of the enormous multiple expansion that took place in 2020 to reverse, especially in the crowded um, growth stocks, many of which have extended valuations. Um, and again, just on yields, I don't really think you're seeing investors complain too much yet about the absolute level of yield. It's more just the velocity of the move that you're seeing um, as yields catch up really quickly to what stocks have already been doing now for the last several months. Um, and so, like I said, really no major economic news to talk about um, no real major earnings reports to mention, although you did have a handful of momentum names report in the U.S. last night, and I don't think any of them are going to help sentiment in that group. Um, so, okay, TA, you had Snowflake, Splunk, uh, Marvel, etc. None of them were awful, um, but none of them are really going to, I think, repair or help uh, sentiment around momentum, which clearly is to um, you know dial back exposure. Uh, just running through kind of the major buckets of macro news. So fiscal stimulus, it looks like you're going to see um, the process move ahead at a more rapid pace, I think, than anticipated. So um, the Senate made some minor tweaks to the House bill, and it looks like that will be enough to get all 50 Democrats on board in the Senate. So you could see the Senate hold a final vote as soon as this weekend, um, which will bring it back to the House, where the House would have to vote on whatever the Senate passes. So um, it looks like Biden could be signing something into law by the end of next week um, on the 12th, approximately on the 12th. Um, and it looks like you're not going to see the price get cut uh, that much from the $1.9 trillion. So um, fiscal stimulus definitely moving forward at a faster pace. Um, again, though, I think in this environment, that is that is pushing yields up. So you saw that yesterday. So I think investors need to kind of uh, recalibrate the lens through which they are interpreting news. Um, the same goes with COVID. All the COVID headlines that you're reading um, in the U.S. are quite bullish with regards to falling transmissions, falling hospitalizations, increased vaccination pace. Vaccination supply is going to be exceeding expectations. Remember, the month of March and April are going to see huge vaccination figures as at Johnson Johnson vaccine gets shipped out and as Moderna and Pfizer increase their supply, it's now largely the consensus view that you'll have herd immunity achieved in the U.S. by the end of April. So by May 1st, um, you know, you're going to have the pandemic largely in the rearview mirror. You're going to have every day you'll see announcements of various different states, 
um, dialing back um, lockdown restrictions. So again, all that news is great, but in the context of this present environment where stocks are very anxious about yields, um, it's not necessarily positive for equities. Uh, monetary policy. So all eyes will be on Powell today. He speaks at 12.05 p.m. at a Wall Street Journal job summit. I have the link to um, his his appearance where it will be streamed in the piece this morning. Um, you know, again, I think his messaging won't necessarily deviate dramatically from what he's been saying. So the Fed not worried about inflation. They do acknowledge you're going to see an inflation firming over the next couple of months. They think it's going to be temporary. It's largely base effects, supply chain strains, and reopening. Once all that fades, you're going to see inflation kind of revert back to where it has been now for the last couple of years. Um, I think he'll repeat that message. He's going to also um, express ongoing concern with the state of labor markets. He's talking about how you have had still a lot of destruction in the labor market that has yet to be repaired, despite the, um, the recovery that you've seen from the pandemic. All of that is going to cause the Fed to keep policy unchanged, still remain quite accommodated for a long time to come. That's been his consistent message. I think he'll repeat all that. You know, the one area where I think investors are hoping for some clarification would be just articulating some contingency factors to the extent yields tighten um, to an excessive degree. So you are starting to see, you know, Fed officials. Um, going back over a couple of weeks, have been relatively dismissive of the recent increase in yields, chalking it up just to an acknowledgement of improved fundamentals, which it is. But you're now starting to hear, so Brainerd um, and Evans are two notable ones in the last 48 hours, just saying how if yields were to increase at an excessive rate, the Fed does have a- options, um, specifically kind of an operation twist type of maneuver whereby you shift the duration targeting of the existing asset purchases. Um, so I think that's what investors would like to hear from Powell today, just a, a larger articulation of those contingency factors to the extent the Treasury sell-off does get out of hand. Um, and so that's at 12.05. That's definitely the biggest catalyst of the day. You have U.S. claims this morning at 8.30, and you have a couple of earnings reports. Some of them are particularly important. Kroger before the open, after the close, you have Avago, Costco, and Gap. Like I said, Powell will be very much in focus. And then obviously you have the jobs report that comes out tomorrow. Um, and that is essentially everything for today. Um, like I said, I think you know we're definitely in this in this perverse environment where the equity sell-off is not a function of bad news. It's just a function of more um, you know, valuation. And so that makes it um, and I think that's why it's been relatively calm because you it's not necessarily a function of bad news. So I think you're going to see a further rotation ahead. The S&P has been flatlining now for the last month. I suspect that will continue. Again, I think the PE expansion process is largely over. Um, it was you know, a, quite a dramatic one as yields collapsed during the pandemic, nearly three turns, trough to peak on the S&P. Um, I think that largely is over. I don't think you're necessarily going to see a aggressive PE contraction yet. I think, you know, I think the market is relatively, like I said, um, not not freaked out by the level of yields. It's more the velocity of the move. So I think stocks will tolerate 10-year yields probably up until 1.75%, at which point in time you're going to see, I think, a more dramatic kind of wholesale sell-off versus the rotation that you've been seeing. Um, you know, Biden signing with stimulus into law by the end of next week. I do think, though, that um, a large infrastructure bill is looking increasingly politically impossible. Um I think you're going to see more Fed officials, again, talk about adjusting the duration of quantitative easing, help clamp down on some of the Treasury anxiety. ECB expectations for next week on the 11th are are definitely increasing. I think the market is looking for more than just words out of the ECB um, at that meeting next week. And then just quickly back to today, the OPEC decision. 
Um, you know, so I think a couple of weeks ago, it looked like OPEC was going to increase output by the full one and a half million barrels as of April 1st. You've seen now some pushback in the press where they're not going to do the full one and a half million barrels. So you're going to see a lot of headlines today as, as, um, as the various different pieces of that cartel negotiate. Um, I think the, the rough consensus is probably for an increase of maybe 750,000 to a million barrels on April 1st, um, with that full one and a half million getting getting pushed out um, over the next couple of months. And that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.